0: Welcome to the Cinephile Hisset Fit Podcast, a time film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shinhan. Incoming expected joke. Incoming Johnson. William oh, Johnson. Nicely done. <laughs> Folks, we're damn glad to have you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all for tantrum's sake, where shared passions and high-fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. If you can't tell by the way Will introduced himself, we're going to be talking about No Time to Die. The fifth and final Daniel Craig James Bond film. And I think we're going to kind of expand ourselves to talk about the whole franchise, as a, at least as the Daniel Craig piece goes. Uh, this one's recommended, I want to say, more by me than by Will. And our format is this. The recommending lover goes first. They will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower their praise and state their minded case. The hater follows with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we'll open it up for 15 minutes of shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy folks shake your martinis, shake your asses. Come on over to the cinephile hissy fit.
1: You know, dude, I, I am, uh, I'm I'm already burning bridges right now.
0: Oh yeah.
1: But, um, because I'll never write for them at this point, especially when I say this publicly. But I was I was just typing in "No Time to Die" in Google just to to find the IMDb and blah 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 on my computer, and I saw an article from Screen Rant, uh, who I f- hate follow on Facebook because mm. their articles are insane. Yeah. Uh, but this one says "No Time to Die" showed Rise of Skywalker how it's done. Oh, and I'm just i like, was really? just like. I'm like, well, okay. Um, And it's funny because I'm going to bring that up in my argument because I actually find a lot of parallels with the Daniel Craig Bond films uh, and the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. Uh, there are much better hmm. films. There are much better films in the Bond, the Craig Bonds, than there are in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Okay. But um, but I see a lot of similarities. So when I saw that, I instantly groaned out loud. Luckily, I put it on mute so you guys didn't hear me groaning so loud <laughs> in, the,
0: in the middle of the intro. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, should, yeah.
1: They're a menace to society. So, uh, but anyways, go ahead. What well, your,
0: yeah. <laughs> if you if you can't tell, guess I'm gonna be the lover on this one. I am gonna be the lover on this one. Uh, mm. I really enjoy what Dan five minutes starting now. Here we go. Okay, I, I really do enjoy what Daniel Craig has been able to do with the James Bond franchise in this uh, this. Why I don't want to say yeah this counts as a reboot and a, re- and a rejiggering of whatever they've done in the past and I'm, and I'm super surprised always super surprised that it came from the origins that it did because Casino Royale was directed by Martin Campbell who you know did Bond movies before he did Goldeneye. And they brought back the same writers, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, and a couple of screenplay polishers over the years, but mostly Purvis and Wade. Um, they brought them back to tell this whole big arc that we've gotten for five films. And they're the same people who ran this franchise off the rails with the Pierce Brosnan, you know, just it re- really <laughs> got silly and excessive and antiquated, yet, you know, trying to tell modern stories with, you know, antiquated ideas. So for for all the places... Like, when, when I watch the Craig films and I see this grizzled reboot they've done, and this is all, you know, post 9-11, post Jason Bourne, post Ethan Hunt, like Bond had to come in and really look, look and behave differently than he did before in order to kind of keep up with the cinematic Joneses and... You know, I think these five films kind of count as a paradigm shift because we went from something that was very episodic. Every Bond movie was its own standalone little thrill ride. And that was that was it. You know, the same actor would be there for a little bit and then would then would just go away to something that's epic where things matter, ramifications hang around. Losses really stick in their craw. Injuries, you know, take some time to heal. Not everything is is as invincible as it normally is. Now, don't get me wrong; we're still in a Bond movie where things get invincible. So, when No Time to Die got here and it was announced for you know a good bit of time that this is going to be Craig's last, I'm like, all right, well, how in the hell do you close this? Because Skyfall was in my opinion, the, the best of his films and maybe one of the best Bond films I've ever seen. I It's it's high on the list for me. And because it just elevated stakes still had some callbacks to, you know, just the motifs of what Bond is, but really went there for something. And Spectre took those events and gave them a big, big puppeteering villain by having Blofeld come in here. And once you apprehended Blofeld at the end of Spectre, I'm like, all right, you've got quite a bit of closure. He rides away with the girl. What are you going to do to bring this all back? And, And then reclose it all again because you did the whole, you know, come out of, you know, injury retirement thing in Skyfall. And then Spectre is kind of around it, but he does leave. So and that's where this movie. Yeah, man, you know, it just I'm pleased with it because it, it went for it. It went for an ending. It went for a huge arc. It went for closure. It gave Bond some roots into some things that we've never seen really bond get to. I don't want to do spoilers just quite yet because we'll probably get there, but the balls are there in terms of the action. Now I know, you know, coming from Sam Mendes going down to Carrie Funaga is, is, is a bit of a step down in my opinion, from a filmmaking standpoint. And this movie is, Definitely too long. I'll, I'll I'll admit that for sure because Daniel Craig was out there at 50 years old in this movie was shot. He's 53 now because we finally got the movie. You know, the age is there. But if you're going to get this closure and create something that could be a springboard for that, I, I, I yeah, this isn't a bad way for him to go. My mother, I'll, I'll kind of drop my last minute here for the five minute intro where I can understand how people don't like this. The part that I don't like is Rami Malek is nowhere near as good of a villain and is and and strung and connected as a puppeteer the way they did for Waltz as Blofeld last movie. I mean, if Blofeld is going to be the, you know, connected to Bond since childhood villain, he's the guy. You're not going to get anybody higher than that guy. So when Malek just shows up with another random physical malady and weird performance thing that he does, that's that's weak sauce compared to where you just left inspector. So, but my mom, my mom is a huge James Bond fan. She loves these movies and this movie pissed her off mostly because of how it ends and where it's going, but it just too long. And of course it ended in a way that she did not want things to end. And that is a tough sell for this movie. But I, I admit in a day and age where things are made to be invincible and our escapism has reached superhero levels. This movie had the balls to go to some places that I was very impressed it went to. And for that, I bequeathed my last 20 seconds.
1: Oh, I was on mute. My bad. Um,
0: oh, no, you're good. Uh, hey. You go know,
1: it, it's funny because we actually have some of the same criticisms. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me go ahead and uh, get my timer going. Here. All
0: right, go for it. Uh, I'm going to
1: start. Okay. I'm not like a Bond purist or anything. I've seen them all. I enjoy them. Uh, I recently did a, uh, when when No Time to Die was scheduled to come out, Originally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, COVID had just hit, and I did a preemptive rewatch where I watched everything in chronological order um, from Dr. No all the way to Spectre. Um, and uh, Casino Royale is by far, you know, next to the Living Daylights, which is my all-time favorite Bond film with Timothy Dalton, um, Casino Royale is number two. So we're talking number two out of twenty-four at that point. Yes. Twenty-four yes. films. I think it's. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a. I think it's a action, espionage, drama, thriller masterpiece. I think it's fantastic. Um. So when I, and, and what's funny is I showed my daughter Casino Royale because I was like, hey, you know. That is technically a reboot because it's showing you his first mission. Plus, it also puts it a, with the exception of maybe GoldenEye. It, you know, because you know, when I was the first film to be like they mentioned like post 11 They kind of center it in a time period, mm-hmm. uh, whereas you know, from the sixties to even all the way up to GoldenEye, where they talk about the post Cold War. They, you know, it's it's all generally in that Cold War era kind of thing. And that's another reason why I love the Living Daylight so much because it's kind of the last of the Cold War bonds where. You get that Eastern European slash Russian feel to it. That that just, it just was so great about the Connery stuff. So when I showed my daughter Casino Royale and the next day, I went and saw no time to die. I could not, they looked like completely different franchises to me. And that is not a good thing. When you're telling a cohesive story, the bond in no time to die it seems to me to be a completely foreign and different character than who he is in Casino Royale. Now, your argument may be, "Hey, that's a character arc," but to me, it's not that he's gone through changes. It's fundamentally the aspects of his character. It's kind of like I know this is a bizarre example, but like to me, like with the show Friends. Like they became more like their celebrity actors later in the series than they were actual characters. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. like I don't feel like this is the same James Bond. Um, and what you were talking about with this story going through, I love Skyfall. Skyfall is my number six. and, and Specter is my number twelve. So I, I really like the Daniel Craig Bond films. Um, I like them despite that ongoing story because, and I and I preface this about the Star Wars trilogy. My major issue with this is they had a great idea for Casino Royale. They said let's let's redo Bond for the Bourne era, right? This mm-hmm. is, I think it was before Mission Impossible became kind of the monster it is now because. Mi one is very much a Brian De Palma film, and Mi two was a John Woo film, and three was whatever. They,
0: they well, that's started... when you're right. J.J. Abrams took it over, and that has since had a United Arc too. Yeah,
1: exactly. So this is before the Mi stuff was Casino Royale. So they were like, let's make this for the born generation. So they they brought down a
0: stripped down Bond. Same year, 2006, actually.
1: Yeah. So they 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 had a. Very very stripped down Bond, you know. He very Timothy Dalton esque, just a little bit more physical. Um, there was little elements of the other stuff. I mean, there's the parkour scene, you know, where shit's exploding everywhere and everything. But for the most part, it was a, it was a thriller, you know. And they got back to basics. They got back to why Bond is interesting because he's a cold blooded killer, and every now and then he breaks character a little bit, and then you kind of expect it to go on an episodic turn. And I, I was okay with that. Like, I wasn't, like, one of these purists that was like, oh, there's no gun barrel sequence in the beginning of Casino Royale. Like, how dare they? You know, I'm not beholden to that stuff. But Mm -hmm. what I will say is, despite the fact that I'm into universes, I like Marvel and stuff, the problem with having one story is fine, but you could tell with Quantum of Solace that this was going to happen, is that they made Casino Royale with the idea Like, let's see how this takes off, then we'll go from there. And that's why, to me, Quantum of Solace is terrible, because there is no connective tissue. Like, I don't feel when I watch Quantum of Solace, I'm watching a sequel to Casino Royale. Mm -hmm. And that has been my issue, is Skyfall is completely different from Casino Royale. Spectre feels more like a sequel to Skyfall, Mm -hmm. but... It also goes in different directions, and I think that has to do with the fact that they never planned the story, and I never yeah. feel like I'm emotionally invested, and I never feel like I'm caught up with what the story is because it was never thought out. It was only done when they approved the next film, and that is to its detriment. So I'll okay. I, know I'm at, I know I'm at five minutes. I'll just say no, that that's your You're good. That's the reason why. This film doesn't work for me because I have no emotional stakes for the quote-unquote end of the Craig Bond era because I haven't cared about the story. I've liked the movies despite the
0: ongoing story. Interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, we will break for a short announcement from our non-corporate partners and friends. You know what they all say. Fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you. You love fantasy football. And you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week, we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates. All right, folks, welcome back. No, well, you left me with something really to think about there, and the idea that the you know whatever movie was made has to kind of be the the qualifying piece for. Well, if we get a sequel, what can we do with it? And some of that I think comes into filmmakers here a little because the the, the two Sam Mendes films, Skyfall and Spectre, I think play together very very well. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. i think there's a unified vision there not that even if sam mendes didn't think oh i'm getting a sequel out of this that if if he did he's the right man for the job because of the tone they set with skyfall to kind of to go to the places they did with the character's history and and obviously with the deacon stuff and just you know from production value making those two movies Mm -hmm. mash uh, match and mesh was really really good but you're right Skyfall had to dig out of Quantum of Salisbury. where they didn't know where to go. And, you know, the idea is, all right, well, we've got we can at least kind of do this idea where there's more puppeteers and more more things out there that tie Vesper Lynd Because if there's one unifying thing and even if it's just a, a an ongoing memory and regret, you know, Eva Green's character from Casino Royale. I love that 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 mistake has has burned him and, and has just been seared to him this entire time. And mm. to have and it, it still comes up in no time to die in the opening scene of the movie and even almost to the end where th- that mistake has not gone away. And I'm, gl- and I'm glad for that, because how many times have we seen in the series where mistakes are impossible for this character or they're just so dismissed or the way, you know, especially with the women stuff, things get casually tossed aside and people get tossed aside. So you're right. Quantum of Silence. I think that was Mark Forster. You know who did like Finding Neverland and different movies like that. Where it's
1: it's, it's incomprehensible too. The first forty five minutes of that movie, you can't even one. watch it. It's it
0: doesn't, doesn't make one.
1: sense. It doesn't
0: make visual yeah.
1: sense. Like you can't tell what's going on.
0: But you could tell the surprise was there. We're like, hey man, Casino Royale did really good. What can we do? Mm-hmm. And I think Martin Campbell by that point. I love Martin Campbell. Oh my gosh. I mean that's mm-hmm. uh, that's you know Legend of Zorro. That's uh, I'm sorry, Mask of Zorro, Legend mm-hmm. of Zorro. He did Vertical Limit. He did uh, Goldeneye. You know. And then I think By the time they got to Quantum of I have to check my ears He might have had his career sunk by Green Lantern Where he wasn't going to get that bond Bite of the apple again And that's a shame So something tells me they just scramble to get Mark So And then by the time you get to this one And it sounds like this one was Contentious in terms of getting made Different you know, different cooks in the mm-hmm. kitchen In terms of what the director expected What the studio expected Could you really go to places it did And obviously it got bloated to the point where it's the longest Bond film we've ever had. And boy, you feel that length. I'm not going to oh, argue God. with that. You know, it, it, there's <laughs> a lot of establishing shots and trimmings of things I would do where not entire 15 minute chunks, but you shave a minute here, shave a minute there. And all of a sudden you shave 20, which would be great. Like do I need to see Bond making pancakes with some kid for a good six minutes? No, I don't, you know, you can establish that, that he's cute and a jovial guy, a lot shorter than that. So, an example there and then yeah there's a lot of his downtime when he's kind of off the grid in in cuba before the cuba you know heist thing goes around there's a lot of how many times I'm going to watch him pour himself a drink. Oh, six. Okay, here we go. You know, like there's just a lot of those where it's, we're going to talk about doing in a future show where like, how many times do I have to see a spaceship arrive and take off? How many times do I have to see bond reach for a glass, fill it and drink it and set it down and then not finish it. You know? So there's a lot of establishing shots of those things. So, um, yeah, but no, yeah, it's true. It's true. I, yeah. it, the, def- the length is
1: definitely a problem. And I don't mind long mm-hmm. movies, but the length is definitely an issue. Uh, you know, and this is the thing. This is, this is the weird part. This is to me, this is my exception argument, not the rule about universes. Cause I love, I love connective tissue in movies. Like, uh, you know, before I was, you know, I I always like comic books, but even in movies, like my favorite things as a kid were like the lethal weapon movies, because all four of them felt like not only were they directed by the same director, Mm -hmm. but they had like the same houses, the same sets, the same character, background characters. Like it, it felt like a connective universe. So I love connected universes. However, bond to me is a different beast. What I like about Bond, what I've always liked about Bond, is, and my and my friend Michael mentioned this to me, too. He says, we've in the Craig era, we've never got to just see Bond be Bond. It's always, mm. like, the big chapter parts. It's never the stuff in between. Like, okay. so Casino Royale is his origin story. Fine, you need an origin story. I get that. That's fine. But then part two is a direct sequel to it, so you never get to see Bond be Bond. He's still kind of the, since it takes place... You know, the second after Casino Rail, it's still right. kind of, he's still kind of fresh and green. You know, mm-hmm. Skyfall like puts it into perspective that maybe he's been at it a while, he's getting old, which where is the, the stuff in between? But, you know? but you're right,
0: the whole movie of Skyfall opens with him. Fallen off the grid because of a, a an accident in Turkey, you know where right, now it's right. now it's now it's over the hill. Bond can he get himself back together? Where we've never seen what an all together bond looks like. I know what you're going with this, and yeah. so
1: that that does bum me out a little bit. Um, and and I don't want to be like this stickler that's beholden to, um like, all the tropes of, like, a Bond thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care I, yeah, if I all get all this ones. stuff. However, the, the only time I was really excited in No Time to Die was the gun barrel sequence. I know that sounds <laughs> lame, but yeah. because just to me that's, like, even though they're movies, what I love about a Bond film is when you can put them on is mm-hmm. they feel like episodic television they feel like oh i i remember this bond adventure it's fun and -hmm. there's things you can rely on like the gun barrel sequence or the gadgets or whatever i'm okay with throwing that stuff out the door in general okay but at the same time i i would they got themselves stuck in a narrative situation where they could never if they ever went outside the boundaries of what they set up in casino royale Mm -hmm. like for instance in no time to die there's a lot of humor there is, and, very and, much fr- and frankly, there is really not that much humor in any of the previous four. They're, That's they're very, true. they're very dreary. Yeah, they're, they're very cold. They're mm-hmm. very violent, and this mm-hmm. one has some cracking jokes and kind of acting like Bond from the old franchise. And I was yeah. kind of like,
0: and that was he, is that the culmination point where like this Bond, who we've seen as a rookie, get his shit tore up a little bit, get himself back together, have as he reached his prime just in time for his end. Is it like well, that? Right. But like, to me,
1: like, uh, like you know, Bond How is- can we spend more
0: time before we end it in this well, box Because
1: to me, like, he's a character that- Sure, he goes through minor changes. Like, one of my favorite scenes in GoldenEye- is when judy dench is like hey the cold war is over you're a dinosaur we don't like Mm -hmm. you anymore i like that like that's kind of characterization that you can play with but it's not so defining to him because he ends up still being james bond maybe like there's a little bit of a hook and and then the next one tomorrow never dies which is my fourth favorite bond film i like that one too they introduce a female james bond and, Mm -hmm. and michelle yao and there's progressive things within like society. Cause you can't have, you know, Bond forcing himself on women. Like he does in the no, Sean, the right. Sean Connery era, but it never seemed to, it, it seemed that it, it flew, it flew organically into the character. I, I've never felt with the exception of Casino Royale. I've never felt like Craig has been able to, they've never been able to make him his own bond and I, stay true to the bond mythos. Okay. You know what I mean?
0: Like, because, yeah. Like, I think Sky- the closest. The, I think the closest one for me is Spectre, because uh, I think yes. just, the Spectre, like he he's made it on a Skyfall. You know, he and you know he, he's he's hitting on all cylinders. Emma's gone. He's got to do his own thing, mm-hmm. or, and and in doing so, he's on that that wonderful Mexico mission at, that opens the movie. And, oh, great! Yeah, and it's just awesome sequence. But then also, he's. Not in the force himself Sean Connery stuff, but then he's romancing Monica Bellucci and he's infiltrating into Spectre and he's got a whole, you know, chase down Madeleine and, and then Globetrot to find Blofeld. Like that felt like the most hitting on all cylinders. Veteran Bond knows what he's doing, really good at everything he does version of bond because mm-hmm. he's also that you know one shot kill pistol guy who can knock guys out from amazing marksmanship versus rooms of bad guys who can't hit him like all, some of that stuff is all there inspector but at the same time it's i thought it was his most romantic and sexy film because he's he's kind of really going really going to those directions and places and in a in a really yeah in a hit all cylinders kind of way where he's not the Frazzle get itself because Skyfall he's broken has to be built back together no time to die you're right he's joking but he's, he's post-retirement joking he's a dad joke joker at that point <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. and then yeah Quantum of is a massive and Casino reality is a rookie so Spectre is the cylinders movie for me
1: but I like Spectre and, and and Spectre is cool too because I don't remember if Skyfall opens with the gun barrel but I know Spectre does and I was like yeah. oh so when I saw Spectre I was like okay finally I'm gonna get a James Mm -hmm. Bond movie where it's just him being James Bond. It's a one-off villain. Now I like Spectre a lot. I put it at number 12. That's uh, what you said. Yeah. Right ahead of right behind Goldeneye. Um, Okay. So I like Spectre a lot. It does have some issues. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. all the Craig ones do except for Casino Royale. I think Casino Royale is sky, even Skyfall. What I'm talking about with the tone is, you know, they'll have bond get shot in the chest in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then he'll jump off the construction vehicle, onto the back of a train that lost, like, all of its back, and then he'll just adjust his suit.
0: Yeah, adjust his coupling.
1: And I'm like, okay, that's an old Bond thing, and I get Uh that, but that doesn't fit into what Dave established for
0: Bond. So him getting his ass kicked, which is perfectly possible.
1: Right, and yeah. so I've never I've never been able to connect with this Bond because I'm never sure, like, they throw some things at the fans and be like, okay, well, he's like the old Bond here, but he's more like this new Bond here.
0: Mm-hmm. They I've play hopscotch been- a little there, you're right. Yeah,
1: I've never been able to connect with him as, as a character. I can with Casino Royale because mm-hmm. I went into that knowing, okay, this is a fresh, this is a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And I mean, God, what a way to start. I mean, it's such yeah. a great movie. Um, like I said, I love Skyfall, but like Casino Royale to me is like the ultimate Craig film. Um, well, and here's
0: splitting the, hairs for me between Skyfall and Casino Royale. Both yeah. are top notch movies.
1: So. Yeah, here's another thing that I think doomed okay. this because it dooms this movie, No Time to Die. So if we're sticking to No Time to Die, yeah, go for uh, it. Another thing that really dooms this, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit. And this isn't the fault of the filmmakers necessarily. It is in a way, but so obviously there was some rights issues with with Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't have they couldn't have Spectre, you know, for the first couple Craig films, you know, um, because of licensing stuff or rights, you know, there was stuff tangled in courts. Okay. I remember that, yeah. So that's fine. I mean, cause if you watch, when I rewatched the, the bond films again during COVID, what I, what shocked me is that with the exception of Goldfinger, every single, every single um, Sean Connery bond uh, involves Blofeld and Spectre. I kind of forgot about that. You know, mm-hmm. like, like Goldfinger is the only one and they even admit they even kind of hint that Gold Goldfinger is part of Spectre. But, you know, Spectre is, is such a part of like the old Bond thing. And what, yeah. what happened was, is when they did Quantum of Solace, you know, they were like, oh, Quantum is this new thing, you know, mm-hmm. and then the Skyfall they, or uh, Spectre, they were kind of like, oh, wait, no, I was, actually, it was it was uh, Spectre the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it feels kind of like. Yeah. You're like and,
0: oh so, and here they tear down Spectre for whatever Bromley Malik is. Yeah, no, they,
1: they tear down Spectre instantly. Like yeah. any threat you had of Spectre is gone. Like I, instantly I in this one,
0: because they built it reasonably decent too.
1: Like that is one of my least favorite tropes of any film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one the one I'm thinking about at the top of my head okay. is is Scream Three, yeah. where you, you find out in Scream Three that there was really a guy behind all of it. Yeah that they never alluded to at all on the other two
0: yeah too many layers when you screw around like that
1: yeah and so that's what this film does that's what specter did yeah and i and then they needed to have a threat they were like okay we've got specter it's this huge threat oh shit let's just kill them off and like it's it's kind of like the and here's Mm -hmm. another star wars comparison it's kind it's it's kind of like when george lucas ran out of time in episode three and was like Wow, I've set up for two and a half movies. How badass the Jedi are! Oh, and they
0: all got shot in the back and died within three minutes. Yeah, Order sixty (laughs) six, then they're all gone. Right.
1: You know, know, So this this film has that same problem. So because then what you're left with is you're like, oh, there's there's this big bad that took out Spectre, and then you get this underwritten.
0: Yeah, he's terrible character. That's another long stretch of the movie. Like you finally get to that, uh, yeah, that island, and cool. Very old school Bondy kind of thing, like the dude has his own island and his own missile. Oh God. Or, like, yeah, it's it's a little excessive and a little silly. But but if that's the dude that takes down Spectre, it's pathetic because
1: yeah, he's and- not.
0: A, he's just. I, I'm not a Robbie Malik fan. I know he's he's underplaying it to every degree in the world, and that's what actors want to do. And right. and but. And I know they try to connect him to the Madeline character in a, in a unique way, but oh, that was
1: terrible too. Cause you get yeah. no hint of that inspector. No.
0: no. So, that so that that's, that's a piling field. on thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is I sort of rather, this movie would be 10 times better to me if Blofeld got out of prison. And this was the big thing he was planning while in prison. Like if, Blo- like I said, in my five minutes, like if Blofeld was the guy being built to be the mortal enemy of Bond by having the connections that, this Craig Verz has made for him; he should be the one at the end to push this all through, and not whatever the Rami. Malik and, and 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 or have Rami be the next lieutenant after him. Still keep Walls
1: right. His and name. I was really excited too because the scene with Christoph Waltz in this one, yeah. I was getting really excited. I was oh, like, "Me too!" Oh shit! They're gonna have Here a little face to face. They're gonna yeah. have a little face to face in this thing. They're gonna they're gonna have witty, you know. Come. And then they just. Yeah, they blew they blew that too. They did. Here here's the other thing. And and my, uh friend of the show, Ben, who's been on the show, he mm-hmm. he made he made a point that I'm sure is true. Now, here's the thing. Okay. I watched Casino Royale the day before because I wanted to show my daughter Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that disconnect between Casino Royale and No Time to Die in terms of tone really mm-hmm. affected me. And I I told my I told Ben, I was like, well, because we went and saw it together, I said, um, yeah, if you told me that the bond I see in Casino Royale is going to end his era on a private island with missiles. <laughs> like yeah. you, you, I would have been like, you gotta be fucking kidding me because Casino yeah. Royale was so grounded. Um, his point was that, yeah, if you watch all the films back to back to back to back to back, that it makes a little bit more sense. However, that is that to me still shows you how far the story has fallen in my eyes. Um, Mm. and because, because like you're going from one type of film here, there's, it just doesn't, it never felt, it never felt organic to me. Okay. They, they, because even, even the older films, they would usually get some journeyman directors like a John Glenn or something or whatever. And they would direct like six in a row and they would, they wouldn't, they wouldn't look necessarily uniform, but they would. Mm -hmm. They would feel like you're watching the next episode of a show. These are all so stylistically different from different directors. Mm-hmm. And Casino Royale, down to the score by David Arnold and Martin Campbell, who had directed Goldeneye, right? It actually, since I hadn't seen it in a while, it actually does feel like it has its feet in both pools. It's got mm. it feels like a, a like a Brosnan film, right, but it, it also feels like its own thing. Whereas we're getting to this point with No Time to Die, where I'm just like,
0: I don't even know what this bond is anymore. It's, and, and I know they're trying to. They were trying to kind of bring this up for a big ending, and they hired some different guns for this. A lot of land cinematographer Linus Sangren, who's a master of massive crane shots, both wide and close, mm-hmm. like that stairway sequence in No Time to Die. Awesome, you know, very where, cool, very cool, and like, detective, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but also, like, it's almost one continuous shot for a good bit there with a 50 year old mm-hmm. man trying to do stunts with guys coming in. So, and right. then also, I mean, they try to amp up the. The sound level, because you got Hans Zimmer coming in and doing a Bond movie. Oh, God. That, We're gonna talk
1: about that later. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, in another
0: but, episode, <laughs> right? But I mean, that's that's kind of bringing a shotgun to a knife fight, where like you, you know, you you've got a good. Mo- it's it's Bond. You have an easy motif. You don't need much. Times Newman is a, you know he's an understated composer as it is doing more soft movies than anything before he did a bond film but mm-hmm. under the in the mendes films and that's more mendes's guy than anything but hans Zimmer makes sure to come in here and let you know you're watching a bond movie because he hits <laughs> it hard but yeah no and that's yeah.
1: that, music to me makes a big for, mm-hmm. for bond films to me music is huge because like I said, I, another reason why I love Casino Royale is David Arnold, who's one of my. Fa- I mean, Tomorrow yeah. Never Tomorrow Never Dies is probably my one of my favorite
0: scores. It's a the very other one, cool score.
1: If you can't have John Barry, because Living Daylights I think is, a, is a masterful score, then David Arnold's the one for me. And I, I think that I, I never got much out of the the stuff from Quantum all the way through Spectre. I mean, mm-hmm. the music's fine; it's serviceable. Yeah,
0: Newman is, just Newman's a weak. He's just a soft guy making yeah. a soft director. This one, I like I have, this score. I have a love hate with Hans Zimmer, um, mm-hmm.
1: so I, I don't think he's bad by any means, but no. I, I just don't like. I, I, I there there were choices in this movie that kind of blew me away too because, um, th- there's some major eye rolling. So there's a little too much of the Bond theme going on. Um,
0: yeah, like I said, Hans lets you know.
1: Yeah, and then and then the the big eye roll for me, and I don't know if you felt this way or not, but they have the kind of the, this cool... The 007s have this kind of cool back and forth throughout the movie.
0: You know, okay. Lashana
1: Lynch, who I love, she was great. Um, you know, she's always like, well, what number is he? I'm 007. Is he 007? <laughs> they have this kind right. of cute thing. But then, oh my god, there's that scene towards the end where they're trying to build up the emotion, because mm-hmm. I think there's people like me out there who don't necessarily have an emotional connection to this kind of bond, because they got to kill him off at the end. That's the spoiler, guys. He, he dies at the end. So... They're trying to build that up by they have this scene in the plane where Lashana Lynch goes, I humbly request that James Bond be reinstated yeah. as 007. And I'm like, yeah, what that's the a fuck?
0: Bullshit. Yeah, no, I was no like, need.
1: what? Come on. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, no, this Bond would give a shit about that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I just.
0: That's I, where they're just that. I'm not saying I'm not going to call it fan service where like you got to give the guy his old uniform back before he goes and, you know, goes and saves the day this mm-hmm. isn't steve rogers picking up the old uniform to go fight winter soldier in winter soldier you know it's right right it's not that and it's unnecessary so yeah i it's uh i don't know they right. to,
1: they're, they're trying to pull the heartstrings a little too much and i yeah. think it's too little too late for me now keep in mind okay. this is okay. this is a this is a no man lad situation i was actually talking Ooh. to our friend mike okay is that his name mike uh from who does the um who does the uh the marvel shows with you uh, long hair Mike is that his name
0: oh Mike Crowley yes sir Mike
1: Crowley, we, I actually was talking to him about that where it was like we were talking about this with Dune I think it was Dune mm-hmm. or something else where it was kind of like hey I liked it but I didn't love it yeah and I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd
0: yeah but then I'm, like, in, I'm in that place right now where everything I watch I like but I don't love and I'm in the three zone man
1: yeah, yeah. and this and this in this day and age if you don't like something like if you have any criticism of it, you're uh-huh. a hater. And trust me, this P- falls. People deep- do
0: not get that a criticism means I'm rating it one. Or if I go, yeah, man, I really liked it means it's a masterpiece and a fucking five. Yeah. There's so this I, magical place called two, three, and four.
1: Yeah. So I'm saying all this stuff, despite the fact that I gave it I gave it a three and a half on my I, I mean I'm, that's
0: I round up. i I gave it a four. Yeah, uh, so yeah.
1: I didn't hate the movie. No. And and this is kind of a theme you you if we release these episodes back to back we may not, but that you're going to be kind of seeing is that like all these event pictures that are coming out, like all these anticipated films, mm-hmm. I've been more underwhelmed than overwhelmed. Me um,
0: too. Like Me and I'm
1: expecting. to be honest with you, I'm expecting that with Eternals mm. um
0: because I don't I just you wait my friend. Yeah, I, I don't, don't
1: know if it's going to be the type of film that I'm you know, yeah. going to like, we'll have another episode about oh, that. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. but Dune is the same way, Bond, Halloween, yeah. all these movies that are like, I'm anticipating, I'm kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, fine, but I, they just don't hold the same, they, they haven't delivered for me. They feel more routine to me than mm-hmm. I expected.
0: I got one question to close our little discussion here. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you, cause this is not going away. It's too big of a cash cow for Sony and or for MGM, which is now sold to Amazon or whoever owns this is not going to stop making Bond films despite the closure created by this movie. Where do you want to see this go from here?
1: All right. So I have, I was, a, I have an
0: answer for this, but I'm here. want to hear the man who's done the rerun first here.
1: I was telling a friend, I can't remember who I told this to. And I said, I would like this to be like Guy Ritchie's Man From U.N.C.L.E., but it doesn't suck. Um, I okay. would like a 60s throwback Ooh. Cold War era thing, which I think Quint Tarantino was talking about doing at one okay. point. Um, I think it's time. I think that these movies have been a success. I, I think they've been, a, in my opinion, they've been a success despite the narrative.
0: Okay. Um
1: I think it's time to go back to the roots of what Bond was. If you want to tell, if you want to tell a narrative story, there, a that's okay. But I'd like to see Cold War Bond again. Okay, and and I would like to see it even if you have a story that stretches over movies. If you're going to do that, plan
0: that, do mm-hmm,
1: that for mm-hmm. like plan out the next two movies yeah. first.
0: Yeah, or so plan not, all, or plan all five. <laughs>
1: yeah, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know that is. That's what I would like to see. I don't know if this if I think there's enough woke culture out there mm-hmm. that would not want to
0: see Bond like the old way. I know. Um, I don't like. I hear your wish, and you're not yeah. going to get it. Yeah,
1: right. And but I also think they're. I don't think they can do this again. I I don't think that they're going to have the flexibility. To do the no, yeah, I don't think they're going to have the flexibility to a do a reboot thing because we've all seen what happens when it happens, like with Spider Man and stuff, mm-hmm.
0: where it's like, oh, yeah. okay, I got it. Especially also, if it's like three years from now and it, this is still in our consciousness. Like, I don't know how many years they're going to, have right. to wait to go back to this. Yeah,
1: right. And then also with the Craig stuff, I think to me the narrative storyline it took 15 years through five movies to tell the story, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was that successful. I think going back to episodic. My wish is yeah. Cold War episodic. That's what mm. I want from Bond and I do not want Henry Cavill. Me I do either. not I do not want Tom Hardy. Me I do either. not want Idris Elba. Me I either. I want a complete unknown actor.
0: Me too. Me too. I um I'm that kind of guy who goes I unfortunately I'm reading the same culture you are where I think going back to the source novels that have their their pulpy violence and crassness and because and, and, he's a jerk he's a killer you know like bro, right. if you can go to those roots and tell a hard story i'm even an r-rated story i'd be very okay with sure um i'd love to see some of those roots come out but it has been too many years and, and too much water under the bridge of this character where i wish they can go there but they won't in terms of like passing the torch i've heard the idea where james bond becomes the past, the code name given to the person who is the 007 agent, whether that's the Shana Lynch or unfortunately, like you said, Henry Cavill, Tom Hardy, whoever you get to go there. Right. Where, what do you do? When, yeah. Cause has Daniel Craig become you know, Daniel Craig is James Bond. And, and, and wherever he turns into was James Bond, can you? Cause the fun part about the closure of this movie is the credits still pop the with James Bond will return. And we're all like, wait a second. We just saw what we saw there. I don't know if that's going to happen. So for me, yeah. If, if, if James Bond becomes a codename for, you know, Steve, so-and-so to be the guy who's like, well, you're James Bond. now." Like if it well, becomes was... a, 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 if it becomes an in my memoriam thing that you give to the next person who does the job, and then you can go tell your new stories for new times. Okay. But,
1: I think yeah. that was uh and I'll finalize my thoughts here by mm-hmm. what you're saying right now and what our friend of the pod who was on our suicide squad, Lauren, said, you know, she was mad at Spectre because they literally named him James Bond mm-hmm. and you know, gave him all these traits that were always mysterious in the past. And I agree with that too. Yeah. But also I always just had it in my head canon that The reason why there's so many different actors playing Bond is
0: because it it already is. once like that. It was already like that. that. So this is the start to future codenames. Okay, we can roll with that. I'm okay with it, but I would add that
1: I would actually just just like the older Bond film, with the except like there's. I notice a couple of things they would throw at continuity, like every now and then. Like in a Roger Moore movie or even a Timothy Dalton movie, they'd be like, oh yeah, Bond was married once. You know, like they'll mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's really no continuity. And I I I prefer that they just not reboot, but just go with Bond as yeah. Bond. Uh-huh. Don't no do a origins. story. No origin. Activation
0: do doing an active thing. I'm with you there. Yeah,
1: just do a Bond movie. If I'm, I'm picking
0: if I'm picking an actor right now, I for I you would if you would have asked me this a year ago, maybe two years ago, I would have said. Henry Golding, who just got done doing Crazy Rich Asians, yeah, would be, yeah. Would be a fun, would be a fun, different Bond without sure. being, you know, two hundred percent woke Bond. Um, I like mm-hmm. Richard Madden, who you're going to see in Eternals here soon. And Love is,
1: Richard Madden. And, he's a nice
0: uh, actor, uh, yeah. and and someone who's he's about 35, 36. He fit the age range here. Everyone else you talk about is gonna be too known or too old i'm with you find an unknown i know people talk about that young man on bridgerton that'd be a fun guy i don't know yeah. i don't watch bridgerton but th- there's some names out there but there I, were two... i'm with you hardy's too old idris is even older and henry cavill's done too much other bullshit things so.
1: there were two i have to give credit to craig because when casino casino Royale was cast
0: I had no faith um, in Craig. I'm not going to lie.
1: I I was a little skeptical because the the person at the time he wasn't a huge star yet, or and mm-hmm. he might not be a huge star anymore. But I was on the Clive Owen train. I was I on the like, Clive
0: Owen train too. Like, I wanted that Clive guy. Owen
1: as Bond. Yeah. Um, and then the other one after Brosnan, there was an actor, um, that is um, has been in a lot of the Brosnan films. Um, that I really liked, and I thought not only would you get a black Bond, mm-hmm. but you would get like someone who has the look and the style and the speech and the figure and all that stuff. And there was this actor called Colin Salmon. Have you heard of Colin Salmon? Is he
0: the guy who showed up in Resident Evil getting cut up by lasers?
1: Yes, he's the guy who cut up yeah. by lasers. I Sorry. thought he, I thought he <laughs> would have yeah, been a be Bond. I thought he would have been an excellent Bond. Like, so I had going into Craig, I had two guys I wanted to be Bond. I wanted Clive Owen and Colin Salmon. Yeah, and then Our we goal. got daniel craig and i was like oh, okay but then he was so awesome i'm mm-hmm. good you know so in the end it worked out but i don't know who i would want now
0: as I, that's boss. why i hope i hope it's not anytime soon I, I i've always been about that and i'll say this about when people ask me about spider-man i'll say this when people ask me about batman when you end when you end whatever trilogy piece you do when you start and you want to recast cash cows put some time between them Wait five. 10 years, like don't wait two, you know, there's no reason why Ben Affleck should be coexisting with, with Robert Pattinson right now. It just seems really dumb and silly or, 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 you know, Jared Leto, at the same time as we have Joaquin Phoenix, even if Joaquin Phoenix is a standalone, different elseworldly thing. Like it just, it's, it's, it's convoluted. It's silly. It's dumb. You hire these people to be these iconic characters, let them go be icons. So I give it, give it some time. I don't want to see another Bond movie for five to ten years. And I know it won't happen, but I wish.
1: Well, you never know. But what? And I guess I've given you some of my favorites. I do. I have a letterbox if you want to find it. I do have the, the twenty four rankings. Nice. What would you say is your? Um, I mean, I don't know if you prepared a list, but um, I did not. What, but I'll tell what's you what. What's your? What do you think? What are you like your th- favorites? My your my favorites? top
0: five in no order at the moment because I got to sit down and really split hairs here. I do love Skyfall. Um, I love Skyfall. I like GoldenEye because I like the bronze in the start and the the toughness and Sean Bean is good. Um, uh, From Russia with Love is really darn good. Uh, That one did not hold up for me as much when I I rewatched it. The ones that don't hold up for me because I haven't watched them in a thousand years are the Dalton ones and I need to go back because I feel like Mm. those would play well. So top five is – or top five, no order. Uh, Goldfinger – from Russia with love, um, I said, well, Casino Royale and and Skyfall are right there. If I have to pick, and then Goldeneye solid. If I have to pick a, a Roger Moore one, I enjoy Man with the Golden Gun.
1: Okay, because <laughs> okay. yeah,
0: Christopher Lee is fun. Uh, you know, I, the short guy is fun. I like the Vietnam Howling <laughs> Bay look to it all it works a little bit so
1: so mine i have them ranked conveniently here but mm-hmm. for me number one is the living daylights timothy dalton's first one okay. uh number two is casino Royale*. um three is for your eyes only that's a more okay. one yeah four yeah. is four is tomorrow never dies and five is dr no Ooh, um, there you go. now the my least favorite is a view to a kill i think it's the worst bond Ooh. film
0: yeah uh, ever between that and Moonraker, they're they're down there yeah
1: die another day is pretty bad yeah
0: uh, oh god dr christmas and all that shit yeah. i've got quantum of
1: solace down there and then uh, and this one might surprise people but i've got the diamonds are forever second to last
0: okay um i you think it's a that. terrible terrible film mm-hmm. uh, so anyways but we did good on this man got it got expanded yeah. our expanded from one movie to a whole universe for a bit there
1: yeah, not bad. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, episode. And uh, I'm trying to delay while I pull up my speech here. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I want you to follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fits Podcast. Also, find us both on Letterboxd. Like I said, you can find my list of the 007, the rewatch is what the list is called, the quarantine rewatch rankings. Um, let's see. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fits is a 25 YL media podcast brought to you by ruminations, radio com. Please visit rate, review and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes people. So you can find all kinds of stuff in our back history there. Cause we're into the thirties now. I think just we like bond, we've passed bond bond had mm-hmm. 25, 25 official movies. Cause we don't count the Woody Allen casino Royale. We don't count uh, no. the really stupid, um, uh,
0: never say never again, never say like, never
1: again, which yeah. whatever, um, If you enjoyed the show, we have more Where That Came From with interesting hosts, more wonderful guests, and everything is available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite shows.
0: We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Redrum... All things horror from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Coming out. But hurry. The killer's behind you!